and welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. And I'm Eli. And this week we're coming up with a topic that technically isn't paranormal, but is paranormal because... It is, and it isn't. Yeah. I mean, everybody experiences this stuff, but... It can take a paranormal twist, and there's a couple of different examples of that that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about dreams. Oh, yeah, and they can even take kind of an, uh, an occultic-type twist to them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting information out there on dreams. And this was just something Chad pulled out of his ass the other day when we were leaving, and we were trying to come up with a topic, and he's like, let's do, I think he said nightmares. Yeah. And then it's kind of expanded into like dreams in general. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking out of my house, I literally thought of this while I was sitting on the toilet. So. <laughs> <laughs> and having a very upset stomach, Dave. <laughs> so, Dave. Yes. Why don't you get it started for us? Bum, 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 bum. My source for this episode is the Element Encyclopedia of Twenty Thousand Dreams by Teresa Chung. And you might remember Teresa Chung. Because we use the element of encyclopedias of birthdays for our astrology astrology episode. episode. Yeah. We will also be discussing our personal dreams. (laughs) We're also going to (laughs) cover some exercises which can be employed to control dreams, Mm. get a better understanding of them, Mm. and and a how-to of developing the dreaming process into a powerful tool for knowledge, fulfillment, and empowerment in waking life. So before we go, I just have a question for you guys. So on average, how much do you guys think we dream in a lifespan? Um, 15 years. No. I would say 10 years. Closer. Six years. It is six years. It's been six years dreaming throughout our lifespan on average. Interesting. I wonder how long you spent shitting on the toilet. Um, probably more than like 30 years. Okay. <laughs> if you're lactose intolerant like us <laughs> I guess it depends a lot if you have like an hourly job or not Yeah, and it also depends on if you're medicated or not True Because I take a medication that makes me have dream. I have really vivid dreams um, That just means you're getting farther into a dream state than It, it does knock my ass out <laughs> See, my <laughs> issue is I only dream maybe once a week Because I don't sleep well enough to get the dream <laughs> state <laughs> Teresa Chung compels us to contemplate on the following questions. What are dreams? Why do we have them? Where do they come from? What do they mean? Are they a preview of the things to come? Or glimpses of the past? Are they a vital link to our inner world? Are they a gift from our intuition? Can dreams lead us to important insights in our waking life? Can they help us decide which action to take and which path to follow? Let's dig into the science a little bit. Sleep is absolutely crucial for our physical, mental, and emotional health and well-being. It is during sleep that we abandon conscious control of our physical body and the unconscious mind is allowed to roam free, giving rise to dreams. Sleep is a crutch. (laughs) Who needs sleep? (laughs) All I mean, terms of insomniacs. <laughs> insomniacs like, <laughs> suffer from anxiety and depression. <laughs> Who needs sleep? <laughs> Help me. Although we now know a lot more about dreams, their real purpose isn't yet fully understood. 
It wasn't until we approached the middle of the 20th century when the first electronic monitoring of the brain that we began to get a clearer idea of the nocturnal adventures of the mind. For centuries, it was thought that the purpose of sleep was the rest of the body and the mind. But this reasoning was disproved when it was shown that both the body and mind are active during sleep. So if sleep doesn't rest the body or mind, then what is it for? See, it's a crutch. So you guys actually know that the brain actually works double time when you're sleeping? Makes sense. Sleep researchers may not yet have discovered the exact reason for sleeper dreams, but they have discovered some fascinating things. For example, it seems that when we are asleep, our brains are a bit like computers that are offline. This means they are not idle, but are filing and updating the day's activities. They take stock of your body and and release growth hormones to repair damaged tissue and stimulate growth. While the immune system gets to work on attacking any viral or bacterial infections that may be present. Some experts believe the brain also jettisons trivial information during sleep to prevent it becoming overburdened with unimportant information. But this explanation is perhaps too simplistic, as no memory can be totally eradicated. The advent of space travel gave scientists the opportunity to prove that resting was not the main function of sleep. What they found instead was that prolonged periods of isolation decreased the need for sleep. In other words, the fewer stimuli received from people or external contacts during the day, the less sleep was required. It seems we have a sleep control center at the base of our brain linked with activity during wakefulness. Once that gets overloaded, we get tired. But if there have not been enough stimuli from the outside world, the sleep mechanism isn't triggered. It seems, therefore, that boredom and lack of stimuli may account for many cases of insomnia. But paradoxically, overstimulation also produces insomnia. That actually explains a lot why babies sleep. Because you got to think everything is some kind of stimuli for a baby. Because everything is new. So that would be why newborns sleep constantly. Because their mind's trying to catalog and file yeah. everything that's happening. And as kids get older, they take shorter naps. Until they eventually get to like mine, that they don't take naps at all. <laughs> <laughs> but mama needs naps. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's taking too much stimuli. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perhaps the best way to understand sleep and dreams is to understand the brain. At the very start of the 20th century, it was found that the brain gave off electrical impulses. And by the 1920s, scientists could measure brain waves. To obtain these readings, electrodes were attached to various parts of the head, the impulses being transformed into electrocephalograms, or EECs, on computer screens. It seems that once you settle down to bed, your brain and body undergo radical changes from the waking state. The difference between being asleep and being awake is loss of conscious awareness. And once you start to doze, dream researchers believe you progress through four stages of sleep. These form the basis of a cycle that repeats up to four or five times every eight hours of sleep. During the first stage... Your body and mind become relaxed, heart and breathing rate slows down, blood pressure lowers, body temperature drops slightly, 
and eyes roll from side to side. You are neither fully conscious nor fully unconscious, and could easily awake if disturbed. And that's where I sleep 98% of the time. (laughs) And that's when my kids need something. (laughs) This stage of gradually falling asleep is also called the hypnagogic state. And you may experience hallucinations that float before your eyes. This also sounds to me a lot like meditative state. Yeah. Yeah. In stage two, breathing and heart rate become even slower. Eyes continue to roll and you become more and more unaware of the noises of the outside world. It isn't until the third stage of sleep, however, that you are sleeping soundly and it would be difficult to wake you. Finally, you enter a deep sleep state known as non-rapid eye movement when your brain is released from the demands of the conscious mind. It will now be quite hard to wake you, and although you may be a sleepwalker or have night terrors, you will rarely be able to remember this. Mm, That sounds nice. This slow-wave sleep cycle lasts about 90 minutes. At the end of stage 4, you move back through stages 3 and 2 and 1, at which point you enter a phase called rapid eye movement or REM sleep. REM sleep is recognized by tiny twitches of facial muscles and slight movements of the hands. Blood pressure rises. Breathing and heartbeat become faster. Eyes dart rapidly around the eyelids under the closed eyelids, as if looking at a moving object. And if you're a man, you may have an erection. Morning wood! That explains so much. Researchers have discovered that when sleepers are awakened during REM sleep, they typically say they have been dreaming. You may also feel temporarily paralyzed if awakened during this stage. And if something malevolent is pressing down on you, this phenomena can explain the supposed succubus, incubus, and alien abduction experiences. Most of the dreams you remember occur during the REM stage when the brain is fully active. After about 10 minutes of REM, you enter stage 2, 3, and 4 again and keep moving backwards and forwards through the sleep cycle. As the cycle continues, however, the REM phases get longer and longer, with the longest phase being around 30 to 45 minutes. Of all your dreams during all the stages of REM and non-REM, the final REM stages are the ones you're most likely to remember. Sigmund Freud opened the door to the scientific study of dreams with his book, The Interpretation of Dreams, published in 1900. He caused general outrage. Freud caused outrage? I thought you were going to go general outrage. (laughs) With his controversial theory that dreams are wish fulfillment fantasies that have origins in our infantile urges, in particular, our sexual desires. Freud believed that the human mind is made up of the id, the primitive or unconscious mind. The ego, the conscious mind, which regulates the id's antisocial instincts with a self-defense mechanism. And the superego, which is the consciousness that in turn supervises and modifies the ego. According to Freud, the id is controlled by the pleasure principle. 
The urge to gratify its needs and the instinct that the ego finds hardest to manage is a sexual drive first awakened in childhood. The id comes to prominence in dreams. What it expresses in symbolic language, the urge is repressed when we are awake. Symbols are used because if these drives were expressed literally, the ego would be shocked into waking up. To successfully interpret a dream, the symbols need to be uncovered and their true meaning discovered. The way that Freud suggested doing this was a technique called free association, or spontaneously expressing the response that immediately spring to mind when certain words relating to the dreamer are put forward. The aim is to limit interference from the ego to discover the dreamer's unconscious instincts. All right, Chad, first word that comes to mind, warehouse. Moo. All right, so every time you dream of cows, you're thinking of moo. (laughs) (laughs) Which pretty much sounds to me like what we refer to as intuition. Intuition. (laughs) 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 Carl Jung, although an initial supporter of Freud's ideas, uh, never fully agreed with him. He felt there was far more to dreams than hidden sexual frustration and put forward the theory of the collective unconscious, a storehouse of inherited patterns of experiences and instincts, common humans, and expressed in dreams and universal symbols, which he called archetypes. According to Jungian theory, the psyche is made up of the personal unconscious and the collective unconscious, and when a symbol appears in a dream, It is important to describe whether it relates to us personally or is an archetype. The way Jung suggested we do this is by a technique called direct association, i.e. concentrating only on the dream symbol when you think about the qualities associated with it. Jung speculated that the unconscious mind projected dream symbols in an attempt to bring the conscious and unconscious mind to a state of balance he called individuation. According to his theory, the only way the unconscious mind can express it so fully is in dreams. So it will flood our dreams with symbolic messages that reflect our current progress in waking life. These messages can bring comfort and guidance or bring repressed urges to the fore. But their aim is the same, to lead to our fulfillment. However, Before we can benefit from such intuitive wisdom, we first of all need to understand the language of symbols. Symbols are for the symbol-minded. Stop. You know who that was? That was George Carlin. I'm just quoting the king of comedy. And I didn't even get a laugh. (laughs) Other important dream theorists were Alfred Adler, an Australian psychologist who suggested that dreams are all about wish fulfillment because they allow the dreamer to have skills and powers denied to them in their waking life. According to Alder, quote, the purpose of dreams must be in the feelings they arouse, unquote. Gestalt psychologist Fritz Perls believed that dreams project hidden aspects of our personalities, And the best way to interpret them is to use a non-interpretive interviewing technique. In other words, you ask your dream character or object what they are trying to say. 
Then you try to adopt the dream's mindset and answer the questions. Australian dream expert Gil Delaney suggests using an interviewing technique that addresses questions such as, How did the dream make you feel? Or, How can you connect your dream with your waking life? Some dream theorists believe dreams deal with problems we can't solve in our waking life and offer solutions. Looking at them in the light of waking day and believing them to be full of insight, we may sometimes come up with new ideas or insights while studying and interpreting them. Thanks to the work of Jung and Freud and other influential dream theorists, dream interpretation is now accessible to everyone. It's as popular today as it ever has been, with people from all walks of life using dreams as unique and personal sources of guidance and inspiration, or as tools for change, growth, and personal development. As we've seen, there are many approaches to the interpretation of dreams. There are different types of dreams, and dreams can blend and merge. Modern dream researchers tend to break dream types into the following categories. Amplifying dreams, anticipating dreams, cathartic dreams, contrary or compensatory dreams, daily processing dreams, dreams of childhood, false awakening, incubated dreams, inspirational dreams, lucid dreams, mutual dreams, nightmares, night terrors, out-of-body experiences, past life dreams, physiological dreams, precognitive dreams, problem-solving dreams, psychological dreams, recurring dreams, sexual dreams, telepathic dreams, vigilant dreams, and wish-fulfillment dreams. Not going to lie, when I was reading along, I could have sworn that said pregnant dreams. <laughs> and then I realized it was precognitive dreams. <laughs> I was like, oh. I've had pregnant dreams. <laughs> Let's go alphabetically and dig into each of these deeper. Amplifying dreams can exaggerate certain situations or life attitudes in order to point them out sharply for the dreamer. For example, someone who is very shy may dream that they have become invisible. I've never had dreams that I've been invisible. Me neither. Now, I've had dreams where I see stuff and nobody else sees it, but I've not actually ever been invisible in my dreams. That'd be awesome. I've been invisible in real life. Me too. I mean... Probably not really invisible, but enough so, that people so don't recognize me, don't see me. Then I guess that means that since we're invisible in real life, then we dream about being visible, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, I'm popular in my dreams. <laughs> I view myself as a really empowered person. And in my dreams, I'm usually the powerhouse. Like, I'm not the one being chased. I'm the one doing the chasing. He's yeah. the level 20 paladin in his dreams. And, and I'm not the one being attacked. I'm the one attacking. Yeah. It could be the one you're, uh, you could be the one that's actually defending. You, you, you look very, like a very protective person, you know? Right. Say, so I usually, if, I, if there's violence in my dreams, I'm usually being attacked. Same. Um, hey, you okay. were fighting off the gray man. I did, okay. I did fight off the gray man. I, that, that, that is one instance. So I guess an amplifying dream would be like if you're kind of a passive person and you're being attacked or you're being chased, your legs will turn to jelly. Yeah. Or you won't be able to that's, fend off the monster. That's or, very much me. I'm I'm not one for conflict in yeah. real life. So yeah, in my dreams, usually if I'm being chased or anything like that, 
my legs for some reason. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm running work, through mud you can't, you can't or run, can't it's like, scream or I forget how. Like I've had dreams where I like trying to talk myself how how to move my legs because I've forgotten how to move my legs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Usually I can't scream. Yeah, it's, I have that a lot. Yeah, it's anything that exaggerates situations or attitudes. Yeah. Um. Anticipating dreams are dreams that may alert us to possible outcomes and situations in our waking life. For example, passing or failing an exam. Trying to think. Don't think I've ever had a dream like that. Or like if you've ever had a dream of something you know is coming up, like an interview you're having, so you dream about having the interview and you either completely nail it or you completely just fuck it up. I have had dreams because I'm a boss. And sometimes my employees make me have to be a boss. Most of the time they're good and they can take care of themselves. But anytime I know I'm going to have to go into work the next day and have a talk with somebody, yeah, I usually dream about it throughout the night and I play out different scenarios in my head, in my dreams of how things would go down. And So are there any dreams in there where someone actually accidentally gets a sex change? Oh, yeah, probably. Okay. Well- <laughs> Probably not in that type of dream, yeah. but well, I was just saying. Um, I'm sorry. Well, I mean that wouldn't work in the anticipating dreams. I mean, you were going in for surgery yeah. for your your head, and mm-hmm. you had a dream that you came out with a sex change. Yeah. So that would yeah. be an anticipate. That would be the you're anticipating the surgery and the outcome of the surgery. I mean, changed. one ball was missing. Man. Yeah, it could happen to any of us because <laughs> these definitely merge together, and yeah. you could have all six or seven different types all at one time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if that ever happened, though, someone would have a stroke. Because that's a lot of emotions to <laughs> dissect when you're asleep. No, you're asleep and your mind can do it. Yeah. Our minds are powerful. It's when we try to control our minds that we break them. Yeah. Mm. Cathartic dreams evoke extremely emotional reactions when the unconscious is urging us to relieve pent-up feelings we may feel unable to express in waking life. For example, you may find yourself bursting into tears on a packed commuter train in your dreams, or you might punch your irritating neighbor, or tell your boss exactly what you think of him or her. I have these dreams a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And it used to be my boss that I would tell off. And still sometimes it is my boss that I tell off. Um, In fact, that my most recent one was me telling off my boss. Um, But yeah, I say a lot of things to people in my dreams sometimes when I'm having these dreams. That is stuff that I've been feeling and thinking for a long time that I wouldn't dare say to them in person. Um, I've probably had a few myself like that. I can't re- recall them, but I, I have I have sure sucker I have. punched employees in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that's got to feel amazing. <laughs> I want to do that in real life. Now I've had fights with you in my dreams that were so cathartic that I'd woken up pissed. Oh yeah, at you I've before. had those too. Well, <laughs> I think those are just called marriage dreams. Well, like I had one about my boss. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so we're good. Um. In which I was so pissed off at her in the dream. And then the, that day, the next day that I went to work that morning, I get a card in the mail from her that had some, <gasps> I'm sure it was meant to be a compliment, but it was one of those backhanded compliments. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm sure you did the best you could. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and it just, 
between the emotions from the dream that I'd had the night before and then reading that in my card, I got so pissed off. I went outside and started crying. I was so mad. And uh, the other lady in the office came out and was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. It's just, <laughs> and I had to explain to her what happened. And she started laughing. She's like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Like, I'm pissed off at her for a reason that never actually happened. <laughs> and then the card just triggered the memories and the emotions of the dream into real life. And yeah, I lost it. I just, because I cry when I get mad. So yes, that was totally, I was crying because I was pissed off. <laughs> and it was all because of my dream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I've definitely, I do that one a lot. Yeah, yeah a lot. And again, I think that has a lot to do with being such a passive a person. I don't usually voice my true feelings in situations like that. So if I get in an argument with somebody, I don't tend to say what I really feel. And so in my dreams, I do. Right. <laughs> and it feels really good. I wish I got some dreams like that. Now, some of my most cathartic dreams have been war flashbacks. Yeah. Getting replaying the memories to mm-hmm. clear it out, yeah. Well, and there's something to that too with the rapid eye movement because the type of therapy that I went under for po- uh, post traumatic stress focuses on rapid eye movement in wakefulness to mm-hmm. eradicate the the traumas of the post traumatic stress memories. And you sit and you tell you talk you talk about the situation, and then as soon as you hit one of those memories that actually pulls up a physical response whether it be crying or shaking or whatever then the therapist immediately has you follow a pin to make force rapid eye movement to help process the memory to fade it out of the post-traumatic stress it's a great type of behavioral therapy where you actually don't even have to say the memories out loud as long as they're just in your brain and you're thinking them Mm -hmm. it'll work yeah Hmm. Which is great for like soldiers who like, well, I can't talk about any of this, yeah. you know. And in fact, the therapist that we had um, was she got she was one of the first trained in this type of technique, um, and they used it at the Merb bombing in Oklahoma City for the first time. That was the first time they used it with post traumatic patients, hmm. and it was very beneficial. So. Mm-hmm. In contrary or compensatory dreams, did I say that right? Yeah, sounds good Com- to me. The unconscious places the dreaming self in a totally different situation to the one we find ourselves in waking life. For example, if your day has been filled with unhappiness and stress due to the death of a loved one or the end of a relationship, you may dream of yourself spending a carefree, happy day by the seaside. Your unconscious may also give you personality traits that you haven't expressed in waking life. For example... If you hate being the center of attention, you may dream about being a celebrity. Such dreams are thought to provide necessary balance and may also be suggesting to you that you try incorporating some of the characteristics that your dream underlined in your waking life. Eli had one similar to that. It kind of would fall into this, that we were uh, trying to recreate Motley Crue. Yeah. And I was wearing ashless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Assless chaps. I'll have to look that up earlier. Well, okay, so Chad was wearing assless chaps. But With leather he pants underneath. Leather pants underneath. He was not showing his ass to everybody. <laughs> and and Harvey was wearing... And I grew my hair out. Yeah, he grew... Everybody had long hair, but the drummer was completely faceless. I was vocals. 
Avi, but I also have long hair. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that definitely would fit into this category. I have dreams where I'm skinny. I've never had those dreams. (laughs) I've had dreams dreams where I have a big dick, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've had dreams where I'm like a model. I've never had dreams of any of those. I've always had dreams of trying to hit on women, and I do it respectively, and then have scenes where guys are not respectful and they get the girl. So That's just real life. That is real life. That's not a dream. That's just every I'm like, you're, the <laughs> you're, you're the prettiest damn flower in the flower patch. And the guy comes over and goes, nice tits. And he walks off with her. So. It, that's just every night at a bar. Yeah. It's the, the problem of being so Southern. Uh, I don't know. I guess the reverse of this could also be true. Like in contrary dreams, if you had just an amazing happy day and then you dream of losing a loved one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had the dream the other night that Chad died. That was such a weird dream, though, because I don't even know if that would fit into that category. Because, like, in, I don't think it does. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't quite know where it fits. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah. Let's just say my funeral was so boring. I got up and walked away. <laughs> he did. He got up, walked over, and sat down. And like, started drinking a Red Bull. With the was <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess that would only fit if your if your day was full of like a lot of uh, happiness. And uh, excitement. Yeah, I can't say what that day was. <laughs> it was warrant, the, <laughs> warrant the opposite. <laughs> Can you imagine walking up to, to Corpse Chad and ask him how a day's going? Be like, well. He did talk to me. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got a new watch and then I wrapped my car around a tree. <laughs> How's your day, Chad? Well, doing all right. Dead. <laughs> Body slowly breaking down. There's one thing I told you in my dream that. Got me crying, and it, it pulled me into real life crime, and that was Chad. I can't, I can't life without you. Oh, <laughs> I can't life without you. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do without my other half of my brain. <laughs> other. <laughs> yeah, does the other half go dead? I think so. Or do you suck it into yourself and you have one whole brain? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to find out. Might have to try some of Young's individuation to merge the two together. <laughs> if I only had a brain. So daily processing dreams, also known as factual dreams, are dreams in which you go over and over things that happen during the day, especially those that were repetitive or force you to concentrate for long periods. I have these a lot, and it's always due to video <laughs> games. <laughs> I will sit there and play Overwatch for like six hours and fall asleep and dream I'm playing Overwatch or Summoner's War <laughs> or working. Uh, some examples of this might be dreaming about a long journey or a tough work assignment. Um, dream theorists think uh, these really don't tend to be laden with meaning. Uh, they're just kind of bits and pieces of information your brain is processing. Now, I have a pretty reoccurring dream myself where... I dream I go through my whole work day because my work is very repetitive. And then I wake up and I go, oh, I already spent all night doing this. <laughs> I, I do that too. too. <laughs> <laughs> or I dream that I get up and I get ready and I get the kids ready. And then... Yeah. Uh, I, in high school, I, had the, I got in trouble so many times by our mom for not waking up in time because I would wake up, get dressed, get in the car, ride to school or drive to school... 
go through my first few classes and the mom would wake me up and I'm like, shit, I already did all this. Why do I got to do it again? <laughs> I do that all the time. And it's so frustrating because it's like, now I got to do this all over again and I have less time to do it in. Like, cause it's usually after I hit snooze. Yeah. Like I usually get awoken by the alarm. I hit snooze, fall back asleep, dream and, that I get ready. Yep, that is and a, then that then, was a daily occurrence for me in high school. Yeah. yeah. Especially now we're getting the kids ready. Because that's such a battle sometimes that, <laughs> man, well, if I've already lived through it once in a day, <laughs> twice in a day is too much. <laughs> uh, dreams of childhood. They may reflect a childhood dynamic which hasn't been worked out yet and requires a resolution. I don't have dreams I about don't childhood. Think I've had... Well, I have dreams about high school a lot. I guess that would yeah, count. Yeah, I, I have dreams that I'm still like, the thing is, I have dreams that I'm still like, you know, 30 years old but I'm replaying my senior year. And then like halfway through my dream, I go, I already graduated. I'm not doing this schoolwork. And then I just sit there in class. I do this. Uh, like <laughs> mine is usually because I graduated early, so I didn't have a senior year. So I will have dreams that I'm being forced to go back to school for a senior year. And, and I'm taking all the classes. Yeah, I'm 35 years old in my dreams going back to high school, and I'm like, I know this shit, and I haven't used it since high school. Well, I get, in and my dreams, I'll get stressed because I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this assignment? And then it hits me like, I don't have to do the assignment. Yeah. I already graduated. I, I usually <laughs> go, I already have my fucking diploma. They can't take that away from me. And then, like, then, yeah, I just sit there in class or I get up and walk out. Yeah, I've definitely but had those dreams. I've had those dreams. And I, I've always thought a lot of it was the fact that I didn't have a senior year, yeah. which is why I always replay going back to have to have a senior year. I always year. feel like mine's probably because I hated school, and the only year I enjoyed was senior year. So. Yeah. And see, that's another thing, is everybody I know enjoyed senior year so much, and I never got to ex- I never got to experience a senior year. Now, at the time, I thought I was like saving myself a whole lot of trouble because I hated school. And so yeah. I was like, I don't have to go to school again. The and only reason I didn't, ha- or only reason I enjoyed senior years, because I tried to graduate early, and they changed the requirements. So I had to go to a school for a full year for a half a cre- uh, half a credit. So I took the easiest, most boring blow off classes <laughs> I could. One of my teachers literally told me at the end of the year I was in class twenty percent of the year. <laughs> and I skipped that class every day. See? Still got an A. I yeah. also became the vice president of Deco. <laughs> he never <laughs> showed up. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't show up. You just get nominated for shit. <laughs> like uh, this Chad guy. Who wants to vote for him? Hey, my Why book not? bags were there every day. <laughs> I just would go in after lunch, drop my bags off, go, hey, I'm going to the art room or I'm going whatever. And then me and my friends would just go take a second lunch. <laughs> so I, there's only been one situation where... Uh, I ever dreamt about past life experiences, if you will. Sorry. Age group from like 15. Childhood dreams. To 18, 19. And I thought about, it was like really, it was before I went to bed and I was thinking about like a really depressive state of like, wish I could, I think it was after me and my uh, ex-fiance broke up or something like that. And I wish that I could go back and like actually not so much try harder, but see if there's a different outcome. When I went to sleep that night, I really, literally, instead of doing what I did and going to school and stuff like that uh, without scholarship, I literally ended up getting a scholarship to play at like UT or something like that. I don't remember what school it was, but oh, that I, sounds like a nightmare. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> it was it was for powerlifting. It wasn't for football or anything like that. Well, but you still wouldn't have been adopted if you would have gone to UT. UT. Yeah. yeah, I would have. I would have <laughs> erased all the tattoos and the Longhorns off my arm. Don't worry. But that was literally the situation: is that I, I dreamt that I basically completely erased my old life and had a different outcome. And that, and I mean, I, I, I remember I, I wasn't even going to bed. I was just taking a nap, and it was like a two-hour nap. And all that time, or sorry, that minimal amount of time, I experienced six years. So it was pretty interesting. Very cool. I've I could also, use some dreams like that. That'd be kind of cool. I've also had dreams where I've gone back to high school. And see, in our high school, when I was there, you had A and B days. And it was a block scheduling. And it would... And my dreams are always, I don't know if it's an A or a B day, and I can't find my schedule. So I have to try to get to the office to get my schedule. I, and Almost every dream that I go back into high school <laughs> that starts with the dream of me not knowing what classes I'm supposed to take and me having to go to the office and get a copy of my schedule every single time. And then I, I usually lose my schedule in between classes, so I have to go back to the office after every class to get a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and I will have full days of classes. Oh, in yeah. my dreams. I'll, I'll go through the full day of school, and it's always like the last class of the day when I realize, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> like one of them, it was I went there to do lock work, <laughs> and then all of a sudden got there. I was like, crap, I don't know what class I'm supposed to be in. So I went to the uh, office, got a schedule, and then started going to classes. And at the end of the day, I was like, I was here to work on stuff. What am I doing? <laughs> That's one of those one of those dreams where you replay your childhood. And then your real life comes in, so you're doing work and replaying your childhood <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, I never have dreams of being a child, but I have dreams where characters from my childhood or settings from my childhood are in there. Yeah, I, I go back to my child home, childhood home a lot. Yeah. yeah, I get a lot of grandparents' old home, dad's trailer off of 72nd, um, the Driftwood House. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, those are the three places I, when I dream of like a home or something, that's normally where it's at. Yeah, mine's usually a cor- correlation. Like it's usually like the Driftwood House, but like inside it's Grandma's house. Yeah, like I, that, I have a lot it's of like, stuff like that. from the outside it's our old house that we grew up in. From the inside it's our grandmother's house, which yeah. there probably is something to that because oh, I yeah. would say we spent a lot of time at those two places. Yeah, of the- all the places in the world as kids, those were the, probably the most. Houses hold a lot of symbolism within dreams. Yeah. And usually when I'm in, if if I'm in the old house, the ghost is messing with me. And if, uh, see, for me, if it's, uh, most of the time they are ghost related dreams as well. For the grandparents' house, always tends to be a heavy ghost dream. But for the other two, for the Driftwood house, it's more of like a reliving a childhood thing, but it's always a nightmare. And then the dad's trailer house is just almost memories, but I'm like I'm like the current age, yeah, or not current. It's just like things that never happened, like since I guess since dad's dead, that things that were we're never gonna be we're never gonna be able to happen in my dreams right happening when he's living off the seventy second again, yeah. Um, But yeah, definitely the grandma's house one the i've had that's a reoccurring dream and it's weird every time but i've had grandma's house be haunted multiple times and also for like the two houses the weird thing to me is that they're the houses that we i lived in the shortest amount of times yeah 
because the Driftwood House was only a few years. Yeah, you were four when we moved out yeah, of that one. Yeah, four to eight or four to nine. And then Dad only lived on 72nd for like three years. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is interesting. Like, I, I think it is interesting how our minds have both compiled though those houses together. And I rarely dream about Dad's house. Usually if I dream about Dad's house, it's the Driftwood House. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in that I'm usually also an adult going back to the houses and maybe the, I mean, when we're going to analyze here, maybe the ghosts are the memories of the childhood. Yeah. Although in the Driftwood house is a hundred percent the Indian ghost, but like at grandma's house, it very well could be childhood memories are the ghosts. Well, the dad's one on 72nd. It's the me going there at this age just to hang out with dad. But then the things happening were things that happened when we were younger that I didn't experience as an adult, but I experienced as a kid. Yeah. So weird stuff like that. Yeah. What's our next type of dream? False awakenings. Chad has those. Oh God. Those are weekly. (laughs) I had two in one night. (laughs) Go ahead. With false awakening, it is thought that many reported sightings of ghosts are caused by false awakening, which occurs when you're actually asleep but are convinced in your dream state that you are awake. This is the kind of vivid dream in which you wake up convinced that what happened in your dream really happened. So this could even fall in line with what you said, where you dream that you already got up and got ready for work and brushed your teeth and put on makeup and all that and actually left and are driving. And then you say, oh, shit, I need to wake up. I'm driving. (laughs) (laughs) I've only had like... Like the classic reawakening dream, maybe once or twice, and I don't even remember them. I just know that I've had them, mm. but like I don't remember. I much had of the them dream. back to back on like Wednesday morning. Yeah, you were telling me about it. The first one, I woke up to. It was in. I woke up in my apartment. Everything was like how it should be, except for I couldn't move, and I see a child in a wrapped in a blanket waving at me from my closet. <sighs> which was very terrifying. And then the second one, which was like, literally, I felt like I fell back. I, I, so I actually woke up after that and started looking around and then fell back asleep. And then I felt like I was being held down on the bed and I opened my eyes and I can see something floating above me, which turned out to be an egg. Like someone, like something was trying to smack, smack an egg on my face and can't move. And then I finally am able to break my arm free just enough to put it in front of my face and push the egg away. And then I hear laughter, and someone run, I feel like sound like someone running out the room. And then, uh, but those were back to back pretty much on like Wednesday morning. That child one freaked me out. Yeah, oh, I, I, I bet. Like I said, I, it, I like, know I've had picture those. Picture the, I'm trying to think of the best. It's either from 9 11 or from the Murrah bombing, where it's got a kid like sitting on the curb or something in a brown uh, blanket, and he's got dirt on his face and blood. But it's just like, that was like, picture that, but with a creepy smile and him just going like this. It was the grinning man, Chad. Oh, it was, it was not a the child grinning, man. grinning man. It's because we didn't vote for him. Hey, <laughs> it, that's actually very similar to the grinning man. That exact, that child one is actually really similar to the grinning man dream I had that I wake up, I can't move, and I see the grinning man walk out of my closet wearing something on his head. I could have sworn there were pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and him walk over to the edge of my bed and grab my feet and start pulling me off my bed with his huge grin and 
and creepy ass. <laughs> <laughs> but that both very similar style dreams on that one. But I have those false awakening dreams. Oh God, once every once a week, if not every two weeks. I think it's because I sleep in such a conscious. It's one of those I I'm in the, like stage one where like I hear things and it wakes me up easily. But I think it's because I'm so used to being in that way of sleep that my dreams start to play off of it, I think. So it hears the noises and then all of a sudden turns it into one of those false awakening dreams. Oh, right, and right. Hmm. What's next? Incubated dreams <laughs> is when you set your conscious mind on experiencing a particular kind of dream. For example, you may incubate a dream of a loved one by concentrating on on visualizing your loved one's face before you sleep. Or you may ask for a dream to answer your problems immediately before going to sleep. The theory is that your unconscious response to the suggestion. Later on in this episode, we will go through the steps to make this dream magic happen. I have kind of done this. I have tried to do it. It I've, doesn't yeah, work. I've tried to do it, and I might start my dream out like on, on point and on target. But then I have yet to marry it, Taylor Swift in a dream. I'm just saying. <laughs> and then it just kind of wanders off and now it goes into something else. I say now it's not as much Taylor Swift. Now it's Brittany, uh, Brittany Hayes or Brittany Slays is her artist name. Well, maybe we'll have some steps so you can make that dream <laughs> come true. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Taylor Swift to be my ex-sister-in-law. I'll be fine with any of them being my wife <laughs> or ex-wife. <laughs> Inspirational dreams is when the unconscious brings a creative idea to the fore. For example, English poet and artist William Blake said that his work was inspired by the visions in his dreams. And one night, in 1816, Mary Shelley, her husband, and a group of friends were challenged to write a ghost story. That night, Mary Shelley dreamed of a creature that would later become the monster created by Dr. Frankenstein in her famous novel. I have definitely done this. Um, I used to take a lot of writing classes. And uh, one of my writing classes, I had had a dream about a scary like dollhouse. And I turned it into a story. Um, See, what sucks for me is my dreams are always artwork. Or symbols and stuff that I really want to be able to like, I really like, and I want to like a tattoo of, or I want to draw, but my artistic ability isn't good enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get really frustrated at myself because I really like it, and by I can't never draw it well enough. And then I get upset because it doesn't look anything like the dream. <laughs> Mine were might have been typically years ago. Um, I would dream of like a piece of music, and then I would. You know, wake up and then yeah, I've had those too. The, and then put it all together, and then you know, again, write a piece of music. Once again, it. ability is not there, so I have it in my dream, and I wake up, and I'm like, okay, so I got this bass riff that I want to play, and I go, ding ding. Ah, oh, fuck it, I can't do it. <laughs> I will also do it a lot, and I'll like wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, I need to remember that because I need that was great. I need to remember that for a story or a song or something like that. And then I go back to sleep and then I wake up and it's There's gone. a point when I was in college that those were happening enough to me that I actually kept pen and paper next to my bed to try to do a rough sketch of whatever I saw that in my dream or try to write something down to remember it because I knew I wouldn't when I actually woke up. But 
a lot of the theories I come up with on the podcast kind of come this way to me in dreams where, you know, because I get immersed in the topic as I'm digging through it. Yeah. And then I'll have a dream like, oh, wow, maybe I need to look deeper into this theory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the original reason why I came on the podcast was to share a story. And the story was uh, kind of a mixture between sleep paralysis and a dream. And the dream consisted of two moons splitting in a black and white type scene uh, from like the 60s or something like that. Or sorry, much later than the 60s. Um, But it involved a plane coming in and and landing. And you're basically a first person type. You're a first person in this uh, in this in this dream. And you're visually seeing all these other people take photos and stuff like that. And then you look up at the moon because one of the reporters points up at the moon after this plane lands and the moon splits into two. And of the two, you have a black and white moon and you had a blood red moon. And that blood red moon, uh, come, what comes from it is basically a demon. And, or it's either a demon or it's something else. Uh, but it didn't, did not look like it wanted hugs or something Cthulhu? like that. Huh? Cthulhu? It was not Cthulhu. Mm. Yeah, best way I can think about it is you know Death Note, mm-hmm. that creature. That would be never it. even see. I it. could see why that dream would be terrifying because yeah. even the cart, the anime drawing of the Death Note demon is terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> I had never, I had never even seen the show, and that's the reason why I won't watch Death Note and I won't watch the uh, unanimated version of that movie. It, it just it scares the shit out of me. Um, but it's also a situation where it, what, what gave me kind of a little bit more strength is because the first time I ever talked about it, I had a recursion of that dream. But it was a lot more personal because it talked to me the second time. But it was almost like it was talking through me, like I wasn't even visible. Like it was talking to someone behind me. Yeah. So it was kind of weird. But after I talked about See, it the last the time. First, one of the first rooms, you're being invisible. Yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't. I mean, he. No, it, no, it's kind of like that weird situation of seeing through somebody. <coughs> he was like cruelly invisible. Like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a naked man. You cannot see me. But whenever I brought it up on the podcast and talked about it, first time I was here, nothing happened. There was no reoccurrence. There was no bad dreams. Yeah. So, like I said, the worst dream I've had here lately is going in for brain surgery and coming out a female. So. <laughs> Although, oh, power to women, Elijah. <laughs> although, power to women, we love you, I love you, but I, I like to keep my penis in what's left of my balls. <laughs> what did you say? We'd call him Eliza? <laughs> <laughs> um, lucid dreams occur when you become aware that you are dreaming when you are dreaming. I wish I could have these. It takes time and practice to stop yourself waking up, but it is possible to learn how to become a lucid dreamer and control the course of your dreams. Inception. Near the end of this episode, we will dig further into this practice. Now, I have, I have lucid dreamed. Usually, it entails it starts out like a normal dream. Then I realize I'm having the dream, and I wake up. Then I, f- I am able to fall back asleep where the dream left off. Yet remember that it's a dream, and then I can control the dream. And that's usually pretty fun. Lucky. Um, I just have nightmares and then wake up, like shit, and then fall back asleep and pick up, pick up exactly where I woke up from the first time, and still, it's a nightmare well, and continue and then wake up and then do it again. And it's, it'll be a situation too where I'll fall back asleep 
right back into where my dream was. And then I might wander off and, you know, it starts going back into the dream mode and then it hits me. Oh yeah, I'm dreaming. And so I'll be like, wait, I don't have to do this because I'm in control of this dream. And then I'll change the outcome. You know, like it usually happens with scary dreams. Yeah. Um, and I actually, those are probably probably some of my more empowering dreams because at that point, once I realize that I am dreaming, I'm able to take control of the dream. Fascinating. I, I can't say that I can do it on command. It's just every once in a while it'll happen. Huh. Yeah, I'm a whole lot better at dream incubation than I am lucid dreaming. Yeah. But I have done it on occasion. Mutual dreams is when two people dream the same dream. Oh, God, I hope most people don't have mind dreams. Such dreams can be spontaneous or incubated when two people who are close decide on a dream location together, then imagine themselves meeting up before going to sleep. Dave and I have done this multiple times. Giggity. Um, it's normally not planned. Oh, it's usually spontaneous. Yeah, it's usually spontaneous. And it'll be one of those things we'll be talking about our dreams. And, I mean, they're never identical i think the gray man yeah the gray man would be one of them but they're never identical dreams and it's definitely his perspective versus my perspective in the dream but we may be in the same place and the same things are happening um let's just say for sexual dreams i hope i never have a mutual dream with someone because then i let them down in a dream state (laughs) (laughs) that was cute you guys had a mutual (laughs) laugh there too (laughs) nightmares are dreams that terrify us or cause distress in some way by waking us up before the situation has resolved. Nightmares occur during REM sleep and typically arise when a person is feeling anxious or helpless in waking life. Once the dreamer has recognized what is triggering this kind of dream and worked through any unresolved fears and anxieties, nightmares tend to cease. I, I have, have lots of nightmares. I say I have nightmares. Like if I dream, most of the time it's a nightmare. And I guess my dream about Chad would probably fall most under the nightmare scenario. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't really go into the dream, but basically what happened in the dream is Chad died. I was told the day of the funeral or like the day before the funeral. And, you know, shock hits me. I found out my my brother's just died. I'm trying to get stuff together. I f- ask, has anybody told dad? Because my dad dad was still alive in the dream. Nobody had told dad. So I had to tell dad. Which is also a reoccurring thing that I have happen in dreams. Usually if Chad dies, I'm the one that has to tell dad. <laughs> um, oh, you're the medium. Yeah, apparently. And uh, so I go to the funeral. And as I'm walking into like the funeral home, I ask our mom. I said, is it an open casket? And she said, yes. And I walk into the room and there's Chad dead laying across a card table, but like hanging off of it, like his head's hanging off of it and his feet are hanging off of it. And he's stiff. And, uh, Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> and you're wearing a baseball cap and I walk up to you and I'm just bawling. And that's what I'm like. I can't life without you. And I'm just crying hysterically. And then you tell me, you start talking to me. Which I think nothing about because I talk to the dead. So I just assume that I'm hearing your spirit talk. And you tell me something about you got a new watch. You finally got a new watch that worked and you wrapped around a tree or something like that. 
Anyway, I'm bawling. It's time for the funeral to start. I go and I sit out. Actually, I don't think I was sitting out watching the stage. I think I was sitting up on the stage. Because, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't remember looking at the preacher. Anyway, as I'm sitting there at the the funeral, funeral's going on, preacher's talking, Chad gets up off of the table, <laughs> walks over to a chair back behind the preacher, sits down on a chair, opens up like a monster or something, crosses his leg over, and just sits there and waits. And... I had to re-energize. You don't understand how hard it is to plank on a card table for that long. I'm the only one in, the, in, in there thinking this is weird. Everybody else is accepting the fact that the dead guy just got up and walked over to the chair. But I'm still crying because my brother's dead. And then that's when I woke up. And I woke up crying. Uh, and that was that was the dream. But I would consider that a nightmare because that would be one of the yeah. the scariest things to happen. Then I also, I mean, I have nightmares all the time. Most of them don't involve spooky stuff. Most of them involve um, other people doing scary stuff. Like, there was one time we were on a train, and there was a terrorist on the train, like, taking over the train. And we were running and hiding. And I had the kids with me, and we were hiding, and then they spotted us, and they came over to me. And they held a gun to my head, and I'm just crying. I'm like, I've got my baby. You know, don't hurt my babies. Don't hurt my babies. And then about the time he pulled the trigger, the cops come in, and the dream's over. See, most of my nightmares are 50% of them are me getting shot. Yeah. I get so a I lot guess I'm scared shot. of dying, of getting shot. Yeah. Uh, once the bullet hits me, I wake up. Yep. Um, and different scenarios all the time. Um or it's ghosts, but not like friendly ghosts, not Caspers, like demon ghosts. Like, <laughs> See, my ghost dreams, I'm usually like empowered. I'm like telling them off. Because my ghost dreams, normally <laughs> it's someone's been, is missing or captured. And it's me and it's normally family members. Normally you're with me. Um, and we're trying to help the person that's trapped or something like that. Or the only other nightmares I've had late, really recently are family members go missing. Yeah. And trying I, to find the... I have members. dreams when my kids go missing. And, and those, those are terrifying. Are, those are one of those where I kind of feel like almost lucid because I know it's a dream. But then I get super upset because someone in the dream is always unups- isn't upset about something happening. Like I had one that your son went missing. And he was supposed to be with mom. And for some reason, mom isn't worried or upset at all that Dean's missing. So in my dream I'm getting upset because I think she did something. Yeah. And yeah, that one I remember in the dream going, This is a dream, so I know it's not real but was still like super pissed off and scared. Yeah. But my favorite one of your nightmares is the uh pizza. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta tell that dream. Okay. So This dream is, it's uh, Amy's and Dave's daughter's birthday or something like that. And we're having like a little swimming party in the backyard or whatever. And it's me, Amy, Dave, our stepdad, our cousin, Austin, who's been on the podcast. um, And then a few other kids and stuff like that. And the kids are out playing and... We had forgotten to order pizza 
for the party. And so uh Jeff we order we call pizza they call deliver pizza or have pizza delivered and they're not showing up so Austin and Jeff and Dave decide to they're going to go get the pizza and I was going to go with them and I said oh no cuz it's just Amy my mom and the kids here I was like I'll stay and help the kids and make sure that everything goes all right well as soon as uh Dave and Austin and Jeff decide to drive off the pizza guy show up and he's in like some beat up convertible um and for some reason the garage is open or is broke the garage door is broken and like at an angle and i'm standing out on the porch or whatever and i see one of the guys start like going into the garage and grabbing stuff and put it in the car and then i notice the pizza guy's got a gun and so i run in and like try to close the door as they come running up to the door and uh, they're trying to get in and I'm trying to hold the door shut and they're, you know, trying to point the gun through or put the gun through the crack in the door to show me they have a gun. I'm fighting it, waiting for them to shoot through the door. And for some reason, instead of wanting to call the cops, I decide to call Dave. <laughs> so he, they get, so the guys can turn around and come back. And it was, it was, it was weird. There's a lot more details too that I just can't quite remember. Like for some reason, I want to say like half the pizza was eaten, and for some reason, that was a detail that stuck out. In the, uh, <laughs> That's the most horrific thing. Yet. <laughs> um, but they kept like for some reason they were stealing lock picks and stuff out of your out of your garage for some reason. And when I closed the door and got it to finally close, they were trying to pick the lock, and it was it was a weird dream. <laughs> It was a hel- I was, was laughing though. It was one of those nightmares that I found funny, <laughs> and like in my dream, I'm kind of laughing as I'm prying, like leaning up against the door, trying to pry it shut. I had a dream that we had some people come to the door. This was years ago, with guns, and I fought them off with the antenna on a cordless phone. A <laughs> <laughs> <And> god! <laughs> I just kept stabbing him with the antenna. <laughs> I have dreams of someone trying to break in a lot. And all almost ninety percent of them end with me getting shot through the door. Yeah. So I'm really scared that when like a couple of years ago I had someone try to break in my window while I was sleeping and woke up to hearing them rustle in the leaves. And literally I had a I was terrified that I was gonna get shot. Yeah. Because I've had so many of those dreams. Well, I had a dream one time we So were- if anyone breaks into my house, just let you know. I'm going to have a, a gun with me, so <laughs> I will shoot first. Just a heads up to any of burglars who listen to this and want to <laughs> fuck with me. Um, I had a dream one time that it was Dave and I had just watched a documentary on the DC sniper. And I had had this dream that the sniper was set up in the house behind the shop. And he kept shooting people that were driving down the street. And Mima pulls up and she needs to get something out of the shed. And we're like, no, you can't go outside right now. There's somebody with a gun shooting people. And she walks, she doesn't listen to me, just walks right past me, walks out to the shed. They start shooting at her. And I'm trying, to, I go outside and I'm trying to get her in. And then they come running over towards me. And I get down on the ground and then I feel the gun go up against my head. And then they shoot, and things just go black, and then I woke up. Yeah. 
a lot of the times when I get shot, though, not some there's I guess not a lot of times, a few times I've been shot. Instead of waking up, I have like the out of body experience where like I watch my body fall to the ground, then I'm going, wait, why why can I see my body? Yeah. And I'm having the out of body experience, like, wait, am I dead? What's going on? Yeah. And then I wake up. Yeah. I had those nightmares a lot. So apparently we just have night. We share the brain and <laughs> getting shot is one of our, our nightmares. Mm-hmm. And in today's world, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what's next? Oh, you got a nightmare? That no. You want to share? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I, I have distressing dreams and terrifying dreams, but I mean, they never wake me up before the situation resolves. I always kind of see it through to the end, no matter what. I mean, I don't know. Like, I've been shot in my dreams before, and I've been stabbed, and oh, I just I continue sleeping through it. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't... It doesn't wake me up, so... I forgot a dream. I had a dream that our work was getting robbed, but he, <laughs> we have a counter around, and it's it's mid... For me at 6-1, it's like low chest, ab, abdomen area. Hi, and he's trying to rob us with a knife, and I just start laughing. <laughs> and then I grab a pipe and I start beating the shit out of him until he <laughs> runs out. So then the next day at work, I went and grabbed a pipe and put it underneath my desk. <laughs> so when that happened, <laughs> but it was funny because he's got like, a, and it's not even like a Bowie knife or anything. It's like a little switchblade that's got like a three-inch <laughs> blade on it, and he's like, give me all the money in the register, and I just start, I step back from the <laughs> counter so he can't touch me, and I just start laughing yeah, at him. Yeah, because not only is the counter like four, five feet tall, probably, yeah, but then there's a good four feet from the one side of the counter to where you would stand. Yeah. I had a, dream, I had a similar <laughs> dream about work, and the guy came in, and he was pissed off because we didn't have purple keys. And he went out to his car and came back in and started shooting up the shop because we didn't have purple keys. We have purple keys now. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those nightmares. That's another one of those nightmares that was comedic. Was yeah. like, <laughs> scary because at first I'm like, oh, shit. And then I realize, oh, there's nothing to be scared of. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of my nightmares, most of my nightmares will turn into something comedic. But sometimes... They just are scary. And usually the ones that are just scary usually involve the kids. Yeah. All right, so out of nightmares. So next one. Night terrors are similar to nightmares, but because they occur in deep sleep stage four, we rarely remember what terrified us, although we may be left with a lingering feeling of unexplained dread. I thought that was just anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Out-of-body experiences, also known as astral travel or projection, are thought to occur at times of physical and emotional trauma. Researchers tend to dismiss the idea, but those that experience such dreams say that their mind, consciousness, or spirit leaves their body and travels through time and space. I've had some astral-like dreams or out-of-body dreams, but nothing crazy. It's like one of those, I wake up, and like I look back and I'm still in bed sleeping. And for some reason, I just tend to go on about my day in the astral body and then go back to my body. And then when I wake up, I'm like, it's one of those like, shit, I already did this. But it's like, why do I remember this, remember this all in like a third person view? <laughs> like, because right. when I do an out of body experience, 
not only am I like being able to see my body laying there, but it's like a third part, like third person view, of, like a video game. Like I'm behind behind the, your astral behind astral my body. astral body, watching myself oh. walking like a third person. Hmm. Like it's really weird. Life. Yeah, it's really weird. And I've had it a couple times, and I'm I can't control it, but I have been able to like nudge myself into other directions. And it's been weird, but it's actually kind of cool. I, I really wish I could figure out how to do it. I've never had a third perspective or third person perspective dream. I, I most of my dreams are third person perspective. Interesting. I I very seldom have first person perspective dreams. Occasionally, I will. Uh, when I have first person perspective dreams, my perspective changes. Yeah, I think like that's if more I have it, it like as my one as myself, at some point of the dream, I'll be somebody else. Witnessing myself doing something, yeah, and then I'll witness something else, like as someone else do, oh, and it's wow. really, we- it's really weird. That's trippy. I'll tell you that. What about that falling dream where you feel like you hit the bed? Anybody else have those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered if it was something like that, where you're maybe it was falling back into your body, you're falling back into your body. Yeah, yeah. Because I've definitely had it where it felt like I fell for quite a way before I hit the bed. I've also had the ones where I feel like I fell and hit the floor, and then I realized I did hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, I only dream in first person, huh. but I also dream in first person. I what is that called? The third person narrative or something? Yeah, where I know things I probably shouldn't know. Yeah, like I know the intentions of other characters in my dreams or what they're about to do. I do a lot of like if I and also if I like Chad said, you, your perspective changes in your dream. There are times that. Yeah, I will be myself in first person for just a few minutes, but then I'll switch over and I will be somebody else. But seeing them from like seeing their first person perspective, but still be yourself. But not be oh. myself. I'll be like, well, I'll be myself, but I won't be myself. If that makes sense. Like I know I'm not me because I can see me, but it's still my thoughts. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of how mine are. Fascinating. Like so, like. Say this was my dream and we're doing the podcast. Right now I'm seeing you guys from my perspective. Then in a few seconds in my dream, I might be seen from Eli's perspective, but I'm seeing myself. Welcome to my world. But I have my thoughts. Yeah. That's how mine are. My, my yeah. first person ones are. And I will notice like, it's like I swap bodies. It's kind of like, like a Freaky Friday kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> we share a brain. <laughs> 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 The dream episode is just proving it more and more. <laughs> there was something that happened in our childhood that <laughs> has fucked us up. Uh, we, we were found some nuclear waste <laughs> when we were children or something. <laughs> past life dreams is the most controversial among dream theorists. I, I wish I had a past life dream. If you dream of being in a historical setting, some believe this is evidence of past life recall. Although most dream theorists dismiss the existence of past life, or far memory dreams, or even genetic dreams when you assume the identity of an ancestor. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had dreams of me playing football, like, prof- not professional, but like college football, which I 100% think was a past life of mine at some point, or playing football in a high, high stakes at some point, pro or something, I don't know, college, something like that, just because of my randomness as a child and being able to recall things in a football game that yeah. I shouldn't have been able to do as a kid. Um, 
But I've, I mean, I've had those dreams, but I haven't really. Don't think I've ever had like a past life regression dream. I think it's just when I watch a lot of football or think about it, I just have dreams of playing football. But yeah, I can't think of anything that I've had. I've had people from my past come back and talk to me, but not like my past life. I mean, I've had similar things where I think it's more along the lines of assuming in the identity of ancestors. Cause I've had dreams where I've been like bow hunting, like Buffalo and, or like, uh, standing in, uh, uh, Newgrange in Ireland and stuff like that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But I would, I really, I've always wanted to have like a past life, like any kind of past life regression where I get to see. Cause I do believe in past lives and stuff, and think it would be kind of cool to see something from a past life in a dream or something. Yeah, that would be one that what I would really like to have. But yeah, I can't think of ever having one. Physiological dreams reflect the state of your body. So, for example, if you have an upset stomach, you may dream that you are being violently sick. These dreams may highlight the progress of serious physical conditions, or in some cases, predict the onset of them. I have this in the form of having to pee. Me too. Yeah, (laughs) me too. And I either can't find a bathroom, or I find a bathroom and there's no door in a bathroom, or I sit on the toilet and I can't go. No, in my dreams, I'm peeing. (laughs) And then I wake up terrified that I just went to bed. (laughs) But no, it's just my bladder's so full. It's like, okay, you have to go. But in in my dreams, if I have to pee in real life, in my dreams, I will go find a bathroom and pee. So I had a dream once when I was having a kidney attack that there was a monster gnawing on that part of my back. Hmm. If I'm sore, like if I have a cut or something injury somewhere. I ha- normally have a dream that something ha- like I've all the times where I have dreams, I get shot. I wake up and where I've been shot is something that's been hurting before I went to bed. Like my shoulder, I have a lot of dreams. I get shot in my shoulder because that's where I'm hurting the most, most of the time uh-huh. or in my leg yeah. or I'll wake, I'll have the dream where I get shot in the, you know, the leg and then I wake up with my leg hurting. I mean, I had the dream that my foot was, amputated while I was in the hospital after having my foot reattached. Um, but that was, I think, more drug-induced and, you know, anxiety and stress-induced because it's also the guy that was in the room next to me had just had his leg amputated. So, But, yeah, I definitely peen. That's that's my big one. Is Yeah, that's probably my number one. One also. I, there was one one time I had to pee so bad in my dream, and we were in England, and our coworker, who was from England, we were at his parents' house, and they only had one bathroom, and it was in the middle of the living room, and there was no door, and so I had to, I was like trying to decide if I really needed to pee bad enough to sit in the living room on in the toilet in front of everybody, <laughs> or if I could hold it. <laughs> <laughs> those are my like it's like a mixture of like an anxiety dream along with like a physical dream <laughs> um precognitive dreams is another controversial subject among dream researchers with most dismissing such dreams but precognitive dreams are thought to predict real life events in which the dreamer has no conscious awareness these dreams tend to happen to people with psychic abilities 
They are extremely rare, but there have been many instances where people claim to have dreamt of things before they happened, such as major terrorist attacks. Uh, it seems to be real fickle, you know. Many people, for example, have reported dreaming about tragedies before they actually occurred, but just as many have also reported dreaming of the winning lottery numbers, which don't occur. So, I, okay. um, this is where I have... I find it weird for myself is because I have deja vu yeah. of things I dreamed. Like yeah. I will remember it's a dream, but then it happens and it's nothing spectacular. It's a conversation or a time during the day where I'm, I remember what I was wearing, what was happening, the conversation we were having, that phone ringing and it'll happen. I'll be like, okay, I'm having deja vu, but it's just one of those. I'm, but, uh, I remember dreaming it and like it happened a couple weeks ago and I remember the dream waking up. I go, that was a weird dream. And then like two days later I had that exact conversation in the exact same way. And I just stopped myself and went, okay, this is deja vu, but it's super strong. Like it's not like one of those, Oh, I've, I've seen this before. It's like one of those, I remember having this conversation. I have one that actually fits into two different categories of types of dream, a repetitive dream and a precognitive dream. Um, this was when I was 11. It was after the jet ski accident. And I kept having this reoccurring dream that I was in the operating room and, you know, I've got my, my hairnet on, I'm laying on the table. I have a stuffed animal with me that has a head head net on and I'm holding the, it's a bear. I'm holding the bear and the nurse comes and puts the mask over my face. And she tells me to, you know, start counting backwards from a hundred. So I started counting back from a hundred from a hundred and then I panic and I pull the mask off my face. Then the nurse comes back over and puts the mask back on my face and says, honey, this is better than a needle. And then she holds the mask on my face I squeeze hugs, which is the teddy bear, squeeze hugs hand, and then I fall asleep. And I had this dream repetitively for a couple of weeks. And I even remember like trying to debunk it at that age. Cause I mean, that didn't happen in my surgery. You know, in my surgery, I already was filled with needles and they just knocked me out via IV. I didn't have the gas. And uh then I like debunked it in the fact that I didn't have hugs. I got hugs from a friend of mine while I was in the hospital after the accident. So, I mean, it wasn't like a replay of that. And I mean, I was sitting there trying to figure out why I kept having this dream over and over again. Then I find out that there's an infection in my foot. And so I have to go in and have another surgery and was not thinking about this dream at the time, but I decided I wanted to take hugs with me and then the nurse was being all cute and like, here, we'll give him a little hairnet too. And, He's laying in bed with me and I was, that was when my fear of needles really was at the strong point. And I was like, please don't, can we, can you do the IV after I'm out? They're like, oh yeah, sure. That's fine. Still not thinking about the dream whatsoever. Get wheeled into the operating room. I'm laying there on the table. The nurse hands me the mask. I put the mask on my head. Exactly how the dream went. All right count backwards from 100, start counting backwards from 100. There's this point with the gas that you're in that you're not, you're not coherent so much anymore. 
but before you fall asleep. And I panicked when I felt that. It's kind of like a high, like euphoric yeah. feeling. I panicked and I pulled the mask off. The nurse comes back over and said, honey, this is better than a needle. Puts it back on my face and holds it. And then I fall asleep. I, I squeeze hugs hand and I fall asleep. And then I quit having that dream after that. That's weird. But that's like the one time that I can think of besides like deja vu type dreams that I like. It was a reoccurring dream that happened multiple times. And then it happened. Exactly. Exactly happened. You dreamt it. Fascinating. That's the only time that's ever happened. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the difference between that and deja vu is deja vu. It's like, whoa, I've dreamt this before. But that is. I've dreamt that, and then it came true. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that happen either. Yeah, and it wasn't actually, it wasn't until I squeezed Hug's hand in real life that it even dawned on me about the dream. Like, like I had enough conscious memory of it at that point in time before I was knocked out that I remembered the dream. Problem-solving dreams occur when you have gone to bed mulling over a problem and found the answer in your dreams. This could be because your conscious has already f- solved the problem, and sleeping on it gives the unconscious a chance to express itself. Uh, many famous inventions were allegedly prompted by a dream. For example, the Scottish engineer inventor of the steam engine, James Watt, dreamed of molten metal falling from the sky in the shape of balls. <clears throat> balls. Balls. This dream gave him the idea for drop cooling and ball bearings. The model of the Atom, the M9 analog computer, the isolation of insulin in the treatment of diabetes, and as we have seen, the sewing machine were also ideas that sprung from inspiration in dreams. Never had a problem solving dream. I have, and I was just thinking about it, and it's left my brain. It wasn't like an invention or anything. Oh, I found objects. Like if I've been searching for something, I'll dream about where they are. Yeah. And then when I wake up, I go and look where I dreamt and sure enough, that's where they are. When we get into the incubation, when we get into that, that's definitely a way it can be used is to solve problems. Yeah. What's our, what's our next dream? Psychological dreams are dreams that bring things we would rather not think about to our attention. They make us face an aspect of ourselves or our life that might be hindering our progress. They are often about our fears, anxiety, resentment, guilt, and insecurities. For example, if you dream of yourself running around and around on the wheel of a cage unable to stop, this could suggest that in your waking life you were taking on too much or not giving yourself enough time to relax. I have these dreams. I had these dreams about dad after he passed for a yes, while. I had a lot of guilt dreams. The one that sticks out the most that I remember the most was it, dad was living on his land and we were digging a septic tank hole, which we actually did in life. And then like it was started out just like a memory of doing that and digging it. And we dug it all by hand. And. At the end of the dream, like the, it, me and Dad are having a conversation. I couldn't remember what we were talking about in the dream, but when we finish the dream, I get out of the hole and I turn around, and it's Dad's grave. And after talking through with you guys about it and everything, kind of came to realization that was Dad coming to me and trying to, or my dreams trying to help me overcome the fact that he was gone, and 
it was kind of me getting to say goodbye kind of thing and helping yeah. him to his final resting place kind of thing. But that one, that one messed with me for a while, though. Mine were far more disturbing. Mine usually entailed you dying and dad being either a vegetable or, um, like, if you see 50 first dates... Or if it is 50, yeah, 50 yeah, yeah. The, he's got like a, is it the short term memory where or they've got the short term term yeah. memory? Yeah, he had something like that, and I would have to tell him that you died, and he'd break down and he'd bawl, and I'd have to console him, and then five minutes later, where's Chad? And then I'd have to tell him that you died. Like it was yeah, like this constant over and over again. <clears throat> And, uh, I mean, I had these, ugh, had these every night for a while. And I mean, there was different, different aspects of the dream, but it was all basic, basically the same dreams. And I came to the realization that it was either him showing me or me understanding what his life would have been like if I would have told them to, to take the extra steps to save his life. Yeah. Cause at that, by the point when he was dying, he was to the point that they had to incubate him. But he'd been without oxygen for so long, they didn't know what kind of brain damage had been done. And um, they asked, they asked, they had pulled me and our stepmom into a room, and her, her daughter and her mother into a room and asked us what we thought was best. And our stepmom looked at me and said, what do you think? And I said, I know dad. And if dad was not able to be dad... He would be pissed as hell at us. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, I agree. So he told me multiple times if he was a potato just to shoot him. So, yeah. So I was like, I think, I think it's best to just let him go. But then I had so much guilt for that. And I think these dreams were ways for me to work through that guilt to see what his, what he would have been like. And I was the one who had to take care of him because our stepmom was done with him after that. And so it was, it was only me who was taking care of him. And in fact, in one of the dreams, we were living in the house on Driftwood. And his room that he was in was my old bedroom. And one of them was the, the house we lived in with mom when, after she and Jeff got married. Yeah. And my bedroom was his bedroom. But it was, it was me taking care of him. And I was always I was having to tell him. Yeah. you know, And I'd have to go through his, his cycle of grief every time I'd tell him. And... Uh, it was emotionally like heart wrenching, but I think it was my brain's way of working out the guilt yeah. to see what he would have been like to know that I made the right choice. Yeah, I had a lot of dreams about Dad after he died. That were all after looking back at it, always of my mind trying to understand why things happened. Yeah, and that was the only one I could truly remember. Just because it felt so real to begin with. Yeah. And then... You die but, a lot in my dreams, Chad. I do. It's <laughs> kind of scary. <laughs> Poor Chad. <laughs> At least it's in your dreams. Or nightmares, I should say. But I haven't died in real life that I know of. <laughs> All right, what's next? Because those are kind of depressing. Uh, recurring dreams typically happen when the dreamer is worried about a situation that isn't resolving itself in waking life. When the trigger in waking life is dealt with, the dreams usually end. 
Recurring dreams can also occur when a person is suffering from some kind of phobia or trauma that has been repressed or not resolved. If this is the case, the unconscious is urging the dreamer to consciously receive and acknowledge the issue and deal with it. <laughs> the one the only thing is like the recurring dream I've had doesn't really seem like it fits any of those. I mean, it's a nightmare. And it's different people in it every time. But it's we're walking down Hubert Street and we see Meemaw's old house and they're having like an open house that's for sale, a sale or something like that. And we decide we're going to go in and look at it. And we walk in and instead of walking into like straight into the living room, like we have to walk downstairs and it's turns into just like a dungeon, I guess would be like dirt floor and... At that point, someone goes missing every time it's someone different. And then, like, spirits and ghosts start flying overhead and kind of like the movie, like the scary movies, you know, you got like, just a bunch of ghosts flying around. And we're trying to find the person that's missing. Always ends up being in, like, a cage underneath the stairs. And then, but like it can, it's, you can never get to them the same way. So every dream I'm having to go a different way, almost like a maze kind of thing. And then we get them, everyone gets out, and I'm running up the stairs. And then it's like the movies where the stairs just keep getting longer and longer and longer and longer. <laughs> and yeah. I'm always running, 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 running. And I finally get out the front door and turn around, and the house is back to normal. But I've had that dream every year for the last four or five years, at least once a year. Hmm. Now, aside from the surgery dream, the only one I can think of that I've had this reoccurring would be when I was younger, I used to have a reoccurring dreams that dream that aliens would attack our elementary school. And I would dream this over and over again. And it was always the same thing. And I would always be one of those things that when I dream it again, I'd be like, oh, I know this. Like, I've experienced this one before. And I would eventually got to where I realized it was a dream. Um the only thing I can think of that was going on in my life at the time that was probably around the time that our parents were separating. So it could have been the change coming in and attacking. I say, yeah. I guess I did have, but. when I was a kid, I had a recurring dream that we were on the, I guess it would be the Sherwood house. And I told you guys this the last week, which is just silly. I was a big Power Rangers fan growing up. I was a kid. Well, I have a dream that we're in the house and we're getting attacked by the Zords. <laughs> and I'm in your closet, which was my room for some reason at the time. And they're tearing apart the house. And I'm screaming. And no one's hearing me. And no one's in the house besides me. And I was like four years old. Four, I, was, I guess I was like five or six. But I had that same dream over and over and over. And the Zords were like not the colors they were supposed to be but it was like the thing is as silly as it was is they were like the shows where it's like you could tell the little action figures they're moving around it's one of those you can see that like they're not moving individually like the whole thing's just moving at once tearing apart the house trying to get to me and yeah it was weird but i had that dream multiple times i had it once when i was like 15, 16 or 17 and i woke up going that's weird i haven't had that dream in a, <laughs> in a decade like <laughs> Well, in our lives at that time, that was about the same time that I was having mine because that was the time mom and dad split up because that house was the first house we lived in without dad. Without yeah. dad. Yeah. So there was a lot of change happening in our lives, and it was basically an upheaval of our lives. 
Yeah, that was him. Maybe yeah. it was just my mind going, you know, things are getting torn down, but. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Any repetitive dreams? Really? The only ones I can think of that are reoccurring are just my flashbacks. But, that, I mean, that's just the same thing playing out that actually happens. So. Yeah. Nothing like dream-like that's reoccurring. Any, nothing surreal that's reoccurring, I guess I should say. What about you, Eli? Uh, I can honestly say, yeah, it's it's not really a reoccurring. It's like what we talked about outside a minute ago um, about the original dream I had um, that Kim talked about. But other than that, like that's pretty much it. It's the uh, the moon splitting thing, and it was more so a different. It was kind of a different dream altogether because it was an interaction between me and the demon, but the demon just looked straight through me. So almost sounds more like a almost like a problem, like a mixture, like a problem solving dream. Where the second time you had it, you were able to get a little bit farther into, it and maybe not a problem solving one, but it's one like it almost seems like you got a little bit farther into the dream the second time with oh. a different outcome. Yeah, yeah. And then, like a progression. Yeah, progression. Yeah. Well, that's about the only reoccurring dream I've ever had. Um, everything else is pretty much. Different, you know, sex changes and whatnot. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess I have reoccurring themes of dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a little bit too, different, like, but the going themes back to high time. school. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of reoccurring themes, but the concept of the dream is the I typical. No pants in school. I've actually never uh. had that dream. <laughs> I've had I've yeah, I've had reoccurring settings and reoccurring themes, but I don't know. Like whenever I look through this book. I can look through like the index and maybe only 10% of it has ever found its way in my dream world Yeah, yeah. as far as the symbols go. Yeah. I used to be a really deep sleeper and I used to dream a lot and now I don't dream near as much and now they're all seem to be more of that subconscious unconscious dream or that conscious unconscious dreaming. Yeah. The false awakening dreams and stuff. That seems to be what I have most of the time now. Which mine are also very realistic. Like, I know yeah. I've woken up before and was convinced that stuff happened. Oh, yeah. There was one time he woke up and he's like, did you call the police? And I said, what about? He's like, to report your car stolen? My car's in the garage. He's like, no. <laughs> we killed a guy and we pushed the car into the lake. We were going to call and report it stolen this morning. No, <laughs> that didn't happen. Or I'm he's like, like, "Oh, you better not fuck me over on this." <laughs> and then he was like, "There was another one." He's like, "Did you see the plane crash? What plane crash? The plane that crashed in our backyard." Oh no, it wasn't in the backyard. Yeah. I saw it through the back window. Oh, yeah, when I was laying on the couch. Yeah, like um, not, I don't think no. a plane crashed. Yeah. <laughs> nope. And he'll yeah. also he wake saw up. He the Flatwoods monster. Amy. <laughs> he'll, yeah. Also, yeah. he'll also wake up and be pissed off at me. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? <laughs> All right. What's our next one? Our next one's a fun one. Sexual dream. Oh, God. Can reflect the archetypal of pattern which underlies the waking sex life or may represent a hoped for reunions with another part of ourselves into a whole. <laughs> W H O L E. I think everybody at this table has had sex dream. 
I'm just going to say everybody listening has probably yeah. had a sex dream. I will say I've had plenty. <laughs> I, it's fairly recurring <laughs> when I, I do dream, but they're very short, just like my sex life. <laughs> I've had sex dreams, but I've never had what's called wet dreams where you reach like completion. Yeah, I've never, I've done never that had that happen. Yeah, no, I've never finished my dream. <laughs> I, my sex dreams always end up with me waking up because I have to pee. <laughs> 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 Now, I was talking to Dave about this the other day when we were doing research on this. Um, I'm going to get a little personal here, but a lot of times in my dreams, I'll start out as me. But you, wait, you switch over to another person? I, yeah, I switch over and be male. I have had that dream. I've had that perspective <laughs> change as well. Get out of my head. Especially for sex dreams, Chad. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> Ew. Now... No, I've definitely had sex dreams but where I changed perspectives, and it's really weird. I did look that one up because it it, it was fascinating to me, and it, it it has to do with something that you're getting more in touch with the opposite gender side of yourself, like what feminine. what what um, society deems as more masculine or feminine traits. And it actually is more like you're you're more rounded as of your who you who yeah. you are as yourself. All I know is. I understand why people don't have sex with me. I look pretty ugly when <laughs> <laughs> Actually, most of the time, when I change perspectives, when I change it's the same person yeah. that yeah. I'm sleeping with. I'm just not me anymore. Yeah. Okay. Weirdest, weirdest celebrity that's ever been in a sex dream. You know this one. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brother. <laughs> That's fucked up, <laughs> brother. I woke up and I was just horrified. <laughs> Welcome to Hulkamania! I was like, why the hell did I have to you about Hulk Hogan? Uh. <laughs> and he's, I told him about it and he's made fun of me consistently about that dream. Yeah, that's oh, the reason I brought it up. What about um, you, Chad? I have never had a celebrity in my sexual dreams. It's, I, it's creep. Well, no, not most of the time. It's someone from my past. I have recently, by recently in the last couple of years, had dreams of random. Well, obviously, it's not random people because your mind can't create random people. It's someone you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. But it's people I don't know. Yeah. But Eli, strangest celebrity you've had sex with in a dream. Y'all don't want to know. I do. I said Hulk Hogan. You got no. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. You got to say it now. I got seduced by someone from the Golden Girls. Betty White. Yeah. Hey, hey. I, I would do that one in real life. <laughs> <laughs> She's always reminding me of Grandma. <laughs> Ew. Now, now I would. Now, <laughs> now I got to turn into a monk. Thank you. I appreciate that. But no, I had sexual relations with Betty White in my dreams. Dave. I never had a celebrity in my dreams, but probably the weirdest one would have been one of my ex-girlfriend's uh, mothers. Oh, yeah. Weird, nope. Weirdest sexual dream I had, though, we were uh, having sex underwater in like an aquarium. It was weird. Interesting. I've had sex in a pool, and that's pretty good. Well, this one, I mean, like, we're breathing and talking, but we're underwater. No, we were <laughs> underwater, too, at one point. It was pretty and weird. It was a weird-ass dream. She's like, I wonder if we can make out and, and keep And it was breath. even weirder because that person added me as a friend on Facebook, like, the next day. <laughs> and I was like... That's the world saying, uh, hey, it's there. That might Grab fall it. into our next dream topic that we're going to cover. <laughs> some. 
our next dream type. But yeah, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and it was yeah. it was Wait, that's in my dream I was in love with him. And then when I woke up I was just like mortified. Disgusted like, with life. Why? Like I said, I'm still waiting for the dream with Taylor Swift or Brittany Hayes. Yeah. yeah. He's a real showboater, that whole <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> But you're you're not. So maybe that's kind of what it was what it was hinting at yeah. that maybe that was an aspect you were trying to pull up into yourself to bring up more confidence for maybe some project maybe. you're undertaking. I don't know. Or, I mean, who knows? Uh, I have a lot of sex dreams about celebrities. Zachary Ty Bryan from Home Improvement. Um, wait, 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 wait. The oldest brother. When he's an adult? Yes. Or when he's a child? <laughs> he's an adult. Oh my God. Um, I mean, they're just dreams. No ben judgment. Kissel? No, actually, wait. When I was younger and like middle school, I did have a sexual dream with Jodie Sweetin from Full House, House, but like the teenage version of her when she was the later eight times of Full House. I do remember that now. Yeah. And that all of a sudden gave me like, I never really saw her attractive until that dream. (laughs) And then it's like, that's kind of how I was about Zachary Ty Bryan. Like, it was like, eh. Never found him as the attractive brother in the trio. I was more of a John the Taylor Thomas. And his name was John the Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Mm-hmm. He was in a lot of movies. He was the Lion King with the kid Lion King. He was, wasn't he? Uh huh. I had an autograph picture of him. Uh Man in the House. Great movie. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did for a little bit after that. It was like, he's not too and then yeah, now I'm back to now he's nah. I mean I I would still did uh Jody Sweden. Jody Sweden, yeah. I would I, Topanga. 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 I never saw her found her attractive. When she did her Playboy spread, I was like, <laughs> she was in Playboy. She was in Playboy. I didn't know that. I knew she was in Maxim. She did Playboy, but for yeah, one but one situation, and all of her proceeds were donated to cancer research. Well, that's very humble of her. No. <laughs> I'll show my body for cancer. I'll show my body for cancer. No one wants to see it. <laughs> It'll be more than paying to put me have me put clothes back on. Y'all ever see a leprechaun and Bigfoot mix? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> have y'all ever seen an ape chest that's animated that's having partial hair loss? That's what Chad's stomach <laughs> looks like. <laughs> There's no partial hair loss at all. Well, you know, usually you're covered in hair if we're talking about uh, Bigfoot, but you got that partial ape look right now, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, peace. I'm leaving. All right, next one. Telepathic dreams is the kind of dream when someone you know appears in your dreams in acute distress, and later you learn that that person was experiencing a real life crisis at the time. Twins, such as extreme unhappiness, an accident, or even death. It is thought that telepathic dreams are a meeting of minds between two people who are close to each other emotionally. I have had that with you and my best friend, Emily. I've actually had it a couple times with just friends from the past that uh, yeah. I haven't talked to in a while and I have a dream about hanging out with them and then I message them and they're like, oh my God, I was going to message you. Like, I'm, you know, they're going I've through a medical too. issue or something like that. And then I sit there and talk to them for a while and my friend Alex in Boston, well, we'll randomly just message each other, you know, we haven't talked to each other in, you know, a year or so and then randomly message each other and it's because... For some reason, we 
had a dream of just hanging out. And then when we talk, there's always something going on in our lives that we will help each other through for a little bit. And then, yeah, yeah. I definitely have the, the instance where I dream about somebody and then a couple of days later I hear from them. Yeah. Um, or like the next day I hear from them. I have that a lot. Um, but no, with Dave, it was when he was in Iraq. I would randomly have dreams and then I'd hear through the grapevine that, you know, they had been in an attack or, you know, something like that. But then with my friend Emily, she had just gotten married and moved to Texas. And I had this dream that he had beaten her up. And I was driving to Texas and all I knew is they lived in Colleen, Texas. And so I drove to Colleen and I was going to find him and bring her, bring her home. And then actually the next day when I woke up, I called her. She didn't tell me about it at the time, but apparently he was not physically abusive, but he was very mentally abusive and like physically abusive in the sense that he wouldn't leave her money for food. And then he'd go out to the field for a week, you know? And so she wouldn't have anything to eat and she was pregnant. And, you know, so, I mean, he was, he was abusive, but he wasn't like beating her up abusive. Um, but it wasn't until after their divorce that she had told me that after the dream, No, you know, but, um, I had, I mean, I have dreams about people I know all the time that are just random that pop into my head. Anytime I have dreams that of someone, a friend or someone I know fairly closely and they're distraught in the dream, I tend to try to reach out to them when I wake up the next day Yeah, just to make sure they're okay. And a lot of times it's one of those. Oh, and there's like, oh, I'm just, you know, struggling right now. Or yeah. like just when the COVID stuff happened, I had a dream of an old friend and hadn't talked to her in a couple of years. And I just messaged her. I was like, hey, just want to see how you're doing. She's like, well, I'm struggling, lost my job, struggling, trying to find a job, going through school yeah. and all this stuff. And Yeah, I think I think there's definitely something to them. Yeah, I, I have them a lot, um, probably at least once a month with my with my best friend. And then, yeah, I'll, like, message her or call her or something. And, yeah, sure enough, she's going through some kind of distress or. Yeah. Well, I think it's because we have psychic bonds to those that are closest to us. Yeah. And, I I mean, Emily used to do it to me backwards uh, the other way. I'd be having a really tough night with his deployment. And she'd call me. Or he would do it. Like, I could almost guarantee that if I had a really bad night, I would get a phone call from him the next day. Almost guarantee it. Yeah, and I'd usually have a have a dream like that or something. Yeah. And with with the two of them, I definitely have had it. We've had it both go both ways. Where but I, I don't with you so much anymore. That's probably because we just we're live together. together. We know each other since now. <laughs> and now, you know, we're also <laughs> real open with our emotions. Yeah. And so it's not like we're not just going to tell each other if we're having an unhappy moment or we're under distress or something. So the worst feeling is when you have one of those dreams, but then you have no way of contacting the person. Oh, yeah. And like I've had that, and I, I've i looked, I, I, I randomly look on Facebook to see if they're on Facebook again, just to see how they're doing, because I still like, even though that dream was six or eight months ago, something like that, I still am like, I hope they're okay. I still want to talk to them, make sure they're, everything's going okay. Yeah. But I have no way of contacting them. Yeah. All right, what's next? Vigilant dreams are processing dreams that involve your senses. For example, if your phone rings or a picture falls to the ground while you're asleep, 
the sound may be incorporated into your dream, but appear as something else, such as a police siren or a broken window. The smell of flowers in your room may also become a garden scene in your dream. All the time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've had my alarm come into dreams. My alarm times, does it? That, not very often. Most of the time when I hear something, like I said, I'm just a very light sleeper now, so I normally hear something and it wakes me up. Um, I, I have one in particular that wasn't TV related. We've got a bunch that are TV related. But there was one time I was sleeping and we had that cat princess. And in my dream, I was being chased. And I ran into the house and I slammed the door and went to go hide. And about the time in my dream that the person that was chasing me kicked in the door, Princess knocked something off the bathroom sink. Scared the bejesus out of me. Because my dream interpreted it as the door kicking in. But then I kind of woke up at the same time, like, panicked, like, thinking that somebody was actually kicking in the door. And I, I guess I have had that happen, especially since I have roommates. Um. I'll hear them get up at three o'clock in the morning to take a shower, and I'll hear the slot the sliding shower door bang, and be in the middle of the dream. And one of those <laughs> in the dream, someone's breaking in, and I hear that, and I jump up, and I just sit there and listen. Like, is that my dream, or did someone just break in? And then I hear the shower start, and I go, "Oh no, someone's just taking a shower." It's just Eli. <laughs> I've, I've always wondered what the delay is on that, like, because it's usually there's like a buildup in your dream, like, yeah. like it's like, oh no. A fire just started in the in the living room, and then you start hearing the the smoke alarm going off, and it's actually your alarm clock. Yeah, I, I wonder what the delay is on that. Yeah, because for it to well for how it, how it syncs up so well with everything. Yeah, like, like do you cause it to happen? Do you do you subconsciously know it's going to happen, or or do you not even hear the sound until seconds or even minutes later? Yeah. yeah. Your mind's not registering the sound until it happens in your dream, and then your mind's like, "Wait a second, that actually happened. What is that?" Yeah, and then you wake up like, "What?" Because yeah, it's really or, weird how it syncs up perfectly, almost. Yeah. Or is it some kind of precognition to build up to it, and then? Yeah. It's, it's, or is it this word "live in a delayed world"? And yeah, or is it? I honestly think it's because I think we in our dream. I think dream world time moves faster, so I think in that two minutes you're sleeping. You can have a, you know, a forty-five minute dream. I think everything just moves yeah. so much faster because I have fallen asleep, hitting snooze on my alarm clock, and felt like I had a twelve-year dream. Yeah, and it's yeah. been three minutes. Yeah. Like so, I think the time just moves faster in the dream world. So you hear that, like, so like I think subconsciously you hear something that kind of lets you know what's going on, and then you're all of a sudden you start that dream. And it just happens. I don't know how it works exactly, but and there was another one that I had. Uh, I had fallen asleep with the TV on, and the news had come on in the morning or at some point, and I pulled the news into my dream. And in my dream, do you remember? A few back, yeah, it was decades back. Uh, I would have been probably fourteen, thirteen, fourteen. But the kid fell into the ape exhibit in like England or something, and then the ape. He was unconscious, and the the gorilla went over and picked him up, and was like keeping him safe from the other gorillas. Yeah. And in my dream, we're walking through um, service merchandise. Remember service merchandise? Mm -hmm. We're walking through service <laughs> merchandise with dad, and there's a the radios on in the in the store, and they say 
you know, call call in to the answer to this question. What animal saved a child's life and protected it from other animals or something like that? And um, I'm like, Dad, I know the answer. I know the answer. It's a gorilla. It's a gorilla. And then when I woke up the next, when I woke up and I was watching the news, they were talking about that story. And I was like, how crazy, you know, like, yeah. but then I realized that, oh, my dream had just pulled that in. And I yeah. was actually the news broadcast that I was hearing that was. Yeah, you know. I can sure remember one, something similar to that is seven years ago, maybe. I've lost track of time as I got older. Uh, <laughs> but it was December and we had a tornado. Well, I guess the sirens went off and I was asleep. I was a day, I was drinking that morning. That so was, was the Christmas tornado. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I had been drinking that morning. We were day drinking for whatever reason because that's what we did. And... I got really tired after you know not drinking, started getting a headache, so I went and took a nap. And I guess in the, my dream, the sirens went off. So then in my dreams, I had a dream of a tornado hitting and the sirens going off. And then I wake up and my friends are like, oh, there's a tornado coming. We need to, you know, pay attention. So we went outside and looked at the clouds. But <laughs> That's how we pay attention to tornado weather. Well, because we knew it was in Moore, like the Moore area. But... My roommate's mom was like, oh, come over. We got a storm shelter. And we were just like, we'll, we'll pay attention to it. So we had the news on loud enough with where we could see, uh, hear it and see it through the back door. And then we're out back drinking and <laughs> watching. Now, I will <laughs> say uh, I have tornado dreams, and tornado dreams are usually my anxiety dreams. Yeah. And I'll have dreams where I'm driving down the road and tornadoes are just touching down everywhere, and I'm trying to get... Like into some I've kind had of shelter. A few of those, as well. I've, those are just when I'm having like highly anxious periods that I dream those. Um, those ones are really, really trippy for me because we're always on a road trip, and yeah. I'm always a kid in the back seat. It's probably it's, reminiscent of when we went to through Iowa, and there was it the, was the, yeah. the sky is re- almost yellow, <laughs> yeah, like black oh. at the top, and then yellow, and then they're just tornadoes. Like I'm able to watch multiple tornadoes mm-hmm. surround us pretty much because that actually happened in real life. And I think it's just like our, maybe just uh, one of those earlier ones we talked about where I'm just replaying that. But I've had that dream a couple times. Yeah. What about you, Dave? You forgot which one we were on. <laughs> um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. I mean, it's just usually the normal stuff. Like, you know, it usually has to do with my alarm clock and yeah. sirens or be like, Running from the police and then... Because my, my phone, it does this weird thing where the alarm will go off for like a minute. And then it'll just be like, oh, I guess you want to sleep. And then it'll just shut off. <laughs> so sometimes I'll be like running from the cops. And then I'm like, oh, good. The sirens went away. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird siren. <laughs> All right. What's our next one? Wish fulfillment dreams. These are the kind of dreams in which we quite literally live the dream. We might win the lottery, date a celebrity, ooze charisma, or simply go on a long holiday. And these kinds of dreams, oh, in these kinds of dreams, our unconscious is trying to compensate for disappointment or dissatisfaction with our current circumstances in waking life. You would think I would have a bunch of those, but I don't. I have the best Christmas dreams. You're sleeping with Hulk Hogan? (laughs) (laughs) I will have dreams that it's like Christmas morning and like everything I could possibly have wanted. And I've had these since I was a kid. Birthdays too, since I was a kid. 
So what and you're saying, you've always been let down. I have, literally. <laughs> like, it sucks because I'll have these dreams. Like, Christmas Eve, I'd go to bed and I'd have these dreams that I got every toy I ever wanted and all that. Or, you know, just these extravagant dreams on these days. And then, yeah, the next day I'm like, Santa brought me a toothbrush. Yay. <laughs> well, great. Now I really have high expectations for what I'm getting you for your birthday next <laughs> I, I used to have these reoccurring dreams when I was a child. I mean, this is kind of off point, I guess, but it would be like, okay, you get to go through this toy store and just grab whatever you want. And he'd be like, cool. And then you go in the toy store and then there's like one or two things on the whole <laughs> shelf and the rest of the store is empty. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I guess I'll take this giraffe that's missing a leg. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never had one of those. Sounds really nice. <laughs> but no, I've, I normally have disappointing dreams. See, like things, to, like, and I have the opposite version of them. <laughs> like it's Christmas, and all of a sudden, I'm Home Alone, like the movie Home Alone. Like it, it's always the disappointing versions of those dreams. It really sucks because my my life is already kind of disappointing. <laughs> Or there's like a beautiful woman there. She's like, you can do anything you want to me. And it's like, oh, no, I woke up. (laughs) (laughs) You can do anything you want. You want to play (laughs) tic-tac-toe? No, like... Pictionary. (laughs) See, I'd much rather have like the disappointing dream and then you wake up and life is better. No, you wake up and you're just like, (laughs) of course. Everything in my dreams is just as bad as reality. Yeah, I set myself up for failure. In yeah. my <laughs> now, um, I do like do a lot of levitating and flying oh, I fly and stuff. A lot in my dreams. I would that fall under like wish fulfillment? Probably. I don't know. I'll have dreams where I can like. It's like normal that I can fly. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then I find it odd that nobody else can fly. Mine's yeah, really that's silly. how mine are. <laughs> mine's super, super silly. <laughs> so I don't have dreams I can fly. I'm not that cool. <laughs> I have dreams I'm on something with wheels and I'm able to use my arms to like speed through. Like So I'm racing cars on the street driving somewhere. But it's, I'm on a skateboard or a computer chair <laughs> or something like that. Or like a little stool at work. And like, yeah, it'll start with me like using my feet and pedaling. And then I get on the road and... You swim. Everyone's going faster, so I'm sitting there down there using my feet, hands just like you know when you're a kid and you're sitting on a skateboard and using your hands to speed up. I'm yeah. doing that, but I'm keeping up with the cars and I'm cutting in and out of traffic. And yeah, I'm not cool to fly. I have to use my hands to paddle. Now, and see, my flying dreams. I'm not so much flying as I'm just jumping really freaking high, and then I can kind of like glide. And I always have that moment when I hitch like a peak height that I panic, thinking I'm gonna fall. And it's going to hurt, but it never hurts. Like I, I'll f- start falling, but I'm able to like leap it out, you know? So yeah. it's like more of a I guess, falling yeah. straight down. I guess my wishful dreams like that are the dreams that I can actually run long distances. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have dreams like when we used to live off of 60th. I'd have dreams I'd run all the way from 60th to the Norman High School and then be able to run back home after work, after school. And not have, not have like only have to stop at B and B Country Store, which is you know was be on the way home, and stop and get a drink, and then run the way the way home, or I'm running all the way out to the lake. Yeah, I have those. I've had those dreams multiple times, and it's like maybe it's my body gone. That would be cool if I could actually run more than like 15 yards and then stop running out of breath. I I definitely have dreams where I'm able to run to and from work, and like it's fun to run. Yeah, like I'm enjoying myself and. 
I haven't been able to run since I was 11. <laughs> um, well, you can run. You just don't have the stamina like me. Well, no, it physically hurts my <laughs> foot to run. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, I can, I have, I always tell people I have football running where I can run 15, 20 yards and stop. I have short, short distance running. I can't long distance run to save my life. I've yeah. never learned how to breathe correctly or how to run correctly, so yeah. No. I I used to long distance run under contract. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but I have those dreams too, and I mean, it just feels like it used to. Yeah. Well, and I always will wake up going, maybe I should start like trying to run again or run, and then I'm like, no, because even when like I was younger after the jet ski, I mean, it physically hurts to run so i'm sure if i were to do like physical therapy to strengthen my ankle i could eventually get to where i could run but my ankle is just weak enough that it just it don't work no um so that's our last type of dream i think we've got we're at two hours now so i think we're going to turn this into a two-parter and i think this is a good point to stop this episode and in our next episode we're going to go into interpreting some of our dreams as well as teaching you guys how to lucid dream and how to um, dream incubate drinking. Yeah. Dream incubate giggity with a cow. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. I'm excited. (laughs) Or with anything you want. Even more excited. I'm coming Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) So, be sure to go to our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter, which you can find the links in the description. Um, join our Facebook group. That's where all the action happens. It's where we communicate with you guys back and forth. We have good stories. We got great, all kinds of stuff. Just join our Facebook group. It's awesome. Um, go to our website, umpnormalcy.com. You can check out our merchandise, books we talk about, all kinds of fun stuff on there. And until next time, keep digging.